everybody. <laughs> Welcome back to another episode of the Blazer Victory Podcast. John Duncan here, and of course, I'm joined as always with my co-host Darian Smith and Jimmy Marion. And guys, we've got a great recap episode to go over with uh, you today as UAB does get it done over 19th ranked Memphis, 97 to 88 in the Bartow Classic. But before we get to that, this game recap episode and all game recap episodes of the Blazer Victory podcast are brought to you by Cahaba Brewing Company. And shout out to Cahaba. They just uh, celebrated their 12th anniversary um, for the brewery. So congratulations to Cahaba. And today we're going to spe- we're going to focus on the lager. Really good, smooth lager, medium based lager. Go down to the tap room, have one. And let us let them know that you've heard about Cahaba on the Blazer Victory podcast. That helps us out. And, of course, that helps Cahaba out. But if you can't make it down to the tap room, you can go to your local supermarket and pick up a six-pack of Cahaba Lager or Pale Ale or Blonde or IPA or any of their core classics. But, guys, UAB gets it done. And I guess I think we need to – before we even talk about the game, Let's talk about that atmosphere in Bartow Arena. But before we talk about the atmosphere, make sure that you check out the Blazer Victory podcast YouTube. If you're watching now, hit the like, hit the subscribe, hit the comment. Were you in Bartow for the game? If you were, how how was the atmosphere in your opinion? And guys, we got to figure out how to get those people to come back to Bartow. I mean, we got to, you know. A tough game this week uh, at North Texas and then, you know, SMU. But next Thursday, FAU comes to town. And we need that same atmosphere, if not better, going forward at home games here in Bartow Arena, UAB. But, you know, that's that's how you get it done. That's how you get people to stick. We talked about this during, you know, when we was going over football. It's like we had those moments, like when we opened up protective and it was just such a letdown. You have all of those people in the building. And you have you have the environment, everything is cooking up just right. But if you ever have all the ingredients to your food and everything is going well, and then you take a phone call or you go do some laundry and you start watching something on Netflix and you come back 45 minutes late, like, oh, I left it in the oven too long. And then you had all of this stuff planned out. Like you had a date and you was cooking up this plate. You had the plates and the candles set up and it's like the food is ruined. And now she doesn't want to come back and see you because that look what happened. You was careless, right? Well, no, nah, we we had got it just we cooked it just right, and Coach AK and and the group came in while we had the environment in the packed house. Those students that were there that never been to a game before, they're gonna say, "Wow, this was amazing!" Shout out to the student section. I hope that game shows you what I I've been calling them out for a while. I hope that game shows you how they are the heart and soul of an of arenas. Football, basketball, doesn't matter. They really carried the stadium. They were electric. I saw Joe Webb down there with them just bouncing and jumping around. And I saw towels going. I saw swag surfing. I saw everything. And we felt their energy. I'm I'm way up top. We felt their energy way over there. And this is what I mean. I had a feeling. It was like a nostalgia just those feelings of warmth and like there it is right there and hopefully those students they remember how that felt and they want to keep that moment that's how you retain people that's how you get them to come back they took advantage of the moment and everybody had a blast my kids 
want to come to UAB already now because they had a blast. They said, I said, where y'all want to go to college? UAB, I want to be a blazer because they we took advantage of the moment. So keep doing that. And I promise you that's that stadium is I mean, not that stadium. The arena is going to fill up. Yeah, I'm glad you uh, started talking about the moment, Darian, because we spent prior episodes talking about just how important those moments are. And this was certainly one of those moments. And UAB certainly capitalized on the moment uh, in front of a nationally televised audience with a crowd uh, that showed up at Bartow Arena. And speaking of that, I mean, 8,127 was the announced attendance for the Memphis game. I didn't have time to look this up, but does anybody know? Like when the last time UAB had that type of crowd in Bartow Arena, do you know, John? It was Auburn 2016. What was yeah, that over 8,000? Yeah, I believe so. Yeah, and UAB lost that game. So, yeah. So, I mean, was the hold on, was that off the top of the head or or did you research that? Let us know. Uh, I think, uh, hey, correct me if I'm wrong, people in the comments, but I'm I'm fairly sure that it was 2016 Auburn. Yeah. Jesus, well, look, look at okay. I'm sorry. Go ahead, Jimmy. That's that's impressive, John. That's impressive. yeah, yeah. No, that's really good. I was trying to think. Uh, it just doesn't feel like it was that recent. Like honestly, I know that the UAB's had some crowds, uh, five, six, even seven thousand plus in the Hass era. Uh, you know when UAB was really cooking with a twenty plus game home winning streak, uh, and was captivating you know the city during that time frame. But as it relates to getting within a few hundred seats of a sellout. It was just, uh, it just seems like it was forever ago. And speaking of forever ago, I was rewatching the broadcast and they had stated that uh, the last time that UAB had defeated a ranked Memphis team was 2006. 2006, that was forever ago. It was almost 20 years ago. Uh, and so that, that certainly brought back some memories as well. Uh, I was certainly pleased. Yep. It with was the, Auburn, 8,728. Yeah, there you go. Okay. Maybe the loss made me want to forget <laughs> the moment that had went by. Yeah. Um, but, you know, speaking of the environment, I thought the team did a good job of handling the environment. Now, I know AK had stated that he thought that UAB started a little bit slow and that was represented by, you know, uh, falling down by a few points there early. Um, but I thought UAB weathered the early storm. Uh, I thought that Memphis came out and was pretty good early on, especially offensively. They started off eight for eight. Uh, from the field. Uh, I thought that UAB largely was able to stay in the game uh, despite that because Memphis had six early turnovers, which contributed to that. Um, you know, and I was certainly curious how some of our transfers would do in this type of environment because, you know, we, we spoke prior and AK stated prior that for some of these junior college guys, even the first exhibition game was like the largest crowd that they had ever played uh, you know, in front of, and then to move forward and see, uh, you know, how well they, you know, did and how well they fared in front of over 8,000 people, specifically Yaks. Yaks was a guy that I was, you know, really looking to see how he would perform. And I'm sure we're going to talk about him a little bit later, but to do what he did to do for the players in this team uh, that were in front of an environment like that, on national television, on the ESPN channel, not ESPN Plus, not ESPN2 or U, uh, the Ocho, whatever the situation was, it was on the ESPN. So just kudos to everybody that showed out and for the team uh, to perform the way they did. Definitely. And everybody that came into Bartow for that game, please come back. You know, I mean, we, we really didn't. Last week was kind of busy for all three of us. Um, I was out of town, um, you know, and we had other issues. Um, but 
Andy was very visibly frustrated at the crowd after at the East Carolina game. Um, and he, you know, I, and I, I get it wholeheartedly. You know, we talked about it in the group text. Um, you know, you make the transition into the American. You're getting into a better league. You're having better opponents come. Where, where's so? Where's everybody at? Um, but this is a moment that people can remember that it's going to light the city of Birmingham. You know, we had everybody, whether it's the mayor, Derry mentioned Joe Webb, so many people, James Spann hyping up this game and to not only have a great atmosphere at this game, but get a win over a ranked opponent in front of national television, like Jimmy just mentioned. So, you know, we, we've talked for years, um, on this podcast about missed moments, missed opportunities uh, for UAB. But this was, hey, it's time to cash in. You know, they they took took care of business in this ball game. So everybody that came out to the Memphis game, come out for the FAU game. Come out to the games going forward. Because it's fun. It is fun. You know, Darren said he had his kids. I had my daughter. Now, she might have been on her tablet half the time, but she enjoyed it. You know, she she didn't have to. Hey, she had the headphones on. She didn't have to hear the screaming Memphis eight year old girl telling me how stupid I was and to shut up cheering. Hey, but I said, hey, no, we're going to cheer and we're going to celebrate this dub. Are the UAB fan a couple rows behind me telling me to sit down? No, we're going to celebrate this dub. Yeah. So but we're not even going to get in here. Hey, well, who, who are you <laughs> sitting by, man? Like what was going on over there? Look, I'm in the same seats. I said, I haven't seen you at any of these other games, you know, and, and I'm not I'm not one of those that I'm a stand up the whole game, you know, because I'm getting old. I can't do that. But if there's a hype dump from Eric Gaines or, um, you know, Coleman, I'm going to stand up and cheer. So it, it, that was but really the Memphis fan kind of got on my nerves because her dad was sitting right next to her and she he did not say anything. And I, I mean, I ignored her for the whole game. But, yeah, just getting. Shut up! Shut up! You're stupid for cheating. Did you, did you make that eight year old cry, John? I would have made hey, cry. She, hey, she cried walking out of that uh, <laughs> of arena the other day. So. So, hey, yo, yo, daddy is not doing nothing. I'm gonna make you cry. I'll be like, yeah, hey, your team I is losing. Hey, <laughs> I guarantee you, if Darian was sitting by me, she wouldn't have been saying that. So <laughs> oh, uh, I would have put, I would have put my girls on her. But yeah, I. <laughs> I guess uh, Trey said he he sat by um, some ignorant Memphis fans too that was like want to almost want to fight him after the game. So, but I, I said I, I must have been sent by the coolest Memphis fans in the in the building because when I walked in, I had my kids. They saw my baby. I had Zuri with me, and they was like, "Oh, you! I hope you guys are sitting by yeah. us." And then they threw the white flag kind of early, and they just started playing with the baby. Like they <laughs> they were. <laughs> They, and I was cheering. We were dancing. We was having a time up there. We were dancing, cheering, standing up. I'm I'm three balling and everything over there. So, uh, but yeah, as far as the atmosphere goes, shout out shout out to to everybody in it. I really think the crowd is what really wheeled our team. Yeah, for sure. I you think like you talked about Yaks earlier, uh, Jimmy. Yaks is a guy I think is really fueled by emotion, like emotionally he once once he feels that bag and that love you can just tell how how it just how he plays i i, I really want to see like the splits of away games and home games for him but i he he has a real good um relationship with the ransom crowd he goes over there after i think that's one of the coolest traditions he's he's starting he runs over there to the student section now he's bringing other players after the game and they jump around 
that was, I stayed just for that and watched them go over there and jump around together, and it looked so invigorating. Um, another guy was E.G., Eric Gaines. Um, now, I know we're going to talk about basketball, how he played and how well he played, but we talked about how stoic E.G. is all the time, right? He's he's really just – if he – I would he's like the blank face emoji, right? He's just the, the straight face emoji most of the time. He's never too high, never too low. He just kinda and sometimes it come off uh, he, he can come off kind of laissez faire, like uh, like kinda too cool for school at times. This game, I have never I have never seen so much emotion come from from EG. I don't know if it was after that three he made, one of the threes he made, but I just saw him just like, ah, like, I'm like, who is this guy? But I need more of that. And you can tell that crowd really, really helped pump him up, man. He was, he was on another one. And that's what I wanted. That was their spirit. Like I've never seen that from EG and just between them two. And um, another guy was for me was Daniel Ortiz. You know, my favorite position, everybody remember the threes he was making and the impact they had. My favorite position when he had, what, Ortiz is 6'1", maybe, 6'1". When he defended a guy at least 6'5", and forced him forced him to dribble the ball off his foot out of bounds, he played tough, good defense. And then after how he kind of just flexed up like this, I'm like, this team, I... I can. This is a team that you would love to root for because all of the spirit and the fight. That was a physical game, and of course we're going to get more into the gameplay. That was a real physical game, but our guys were dogs. Everybody that out there that played, they were dogs. Miss, make or miss. I enjoyed how they played with the energy and the passion that they played. I can come cheer for that ten times out of ten. You know, so. Hopefully we keep on we keep that and we we remember that feeling. Our team can remember that feeling and, and keep that going forward. Definitely, and uh, I guess we can go ahead and just talk about the game. I mean, I do think we have to start with Yaks and EG with Eric Gaines, and you know, you talk about that swag or emotion. I mean, that was a confident Eric Gaines last night in Barto Arena, especially you know that the one he hit before halftime. I mean, whew, that that was that was a sweet shot, um, but you. I, you, I think you do what Darian just said. You, you, they fed off of the crowd. They saw the environment and they just, you know, seized their opportunity. I mean, and people forget like Yaks. I mean, like Jimmy just mentioned and AK has mentioned before um, in the media availability and interviews that, I mean, this was a guy that was playing in JUCO that not near like 500 fans maybe. Um, I mean, this was a huge environment and a huge test for him, and he passed with flying colors. You know, Yax is still playing really good basketball, and EG to see him shooting confidently on the court and getting it to the guys uh, to get some assist. Um, yeah, I know we can talk about the turnovers, but Memphis, UAB played very well defensively and forced Memphis into a lot of turnovers. And I mean, you you could see the frustration in the Memphis fans in Bartow Arena. And I, I just I'm just so proud of the guys. Um, this was a great um, kind of game to kind of elevate your performance going forward. You know, we're we're still in the tough stretch of games. Um, you know, we've got North Texas, SMU, FAU still to come. I mean, this is going to be a gauntlet for these next few games and really here on out in the American Athletic Conference. But 
really good game. Kudos. Um, I, you know, Memphis scored over 80 points, but I thought defensively UAB paid, played tremendously. Um, but Jimmy, uh, I'll throw it to you for uh, some stats that if you want to go over some stats for the Bartow Classic. Yeah, absolutely. So uh, we can start with Yaks. I mean, obviously another monster performance by Yaks. And I guess what I would say is what words are left for us to describe his play? You know, he's a box score stuffer, uh, but the box score doesn't reflect the joy uh, that he plays with and really the connection that he has, you know, with the UAB fan base. And, you know, statistically, um, to keep things quick with him, you know, we're 4-0. UAB is 4-0 undefeated in the year uh, when Yaks scores 20 or more points. Uh, UAB is also undefeated uh, when he has 15 or more rebounds at 6-0 in the season, 7-1 and when he scores at least five field goals. Um, so, you know, Yaks contributes in a lot of different ways. Uh, Darren was referencing the splits earlier. You know, Yaks, when he has just about every time he has 20-plus points, he's getting those 15-plus rebounds because he's having a lot of those second-chance opportunities. He's aggressive in the offensive glass, and he's really making, you know, those extra opportunities for himself and for this UAB basketball team. So when Yaks has those monster games, UAB is certainly benefiting from that in the win column. And then switching over to Eric Gaines, you know, was this Eric Gaines' best performance? You know, as a Blazer, I would argue that it was. It was certainly his most efficient, right? Seven of ten from the field, three of four from three uh, is incredibly efficient. And he did this despite going to the line, you know, at the beginning of the game and missing that first free throw. Uh, he also missed his first three, you know, from the corner. And for him to really end the game the way that he did, hitting his final three threes was monumental. Um, and, you know, for those of you that don't know, going into the game, EG ranked last in the American Athletic Conference in effective field goal percentage. And that's for players that were playing 60 percent or more minutes uh, of, of their uh, team's play. Um, Darian touched base on already the emotion that he displayed specifically after he hit that three right before the half. Uh, that three. Yes, it was only three points, but it did a lot of things for UAB, in my opinion. Uh, it really gave them confidence to end the half the way that they did. Uh, obviously, not just for EG, but for the team as a whole to see that, yes, we have a lead despite not playing our best basketball, um, you know, there in the first half. And this has been mentioned already, but he went five straight games prior. EG did not hitting a three. And so we've talked about the way the defenses have played him uh, leading up to this ball game. And, and as we stated, hopefully this is just something that's going to carry over uh, to future games. And, and again, when you look at the statistics here, UAB is still undefeated 8-0 when EG attempts 10 or fewer shots on the season. That's compared to 5-7 and seven when he takes more than 10 shots. And when Eric is not just getting in passing lanes, um, but he's also defending at a high level when he's taking that pride in those one-on-one -on -one matchups and playing as, as hard as he did defensively, it just makes, um, it makes things really difficult for opponents. So just I'm really pleased with Yaks. I'm really pleased with EG. Those guys really showed up and were huge contributors and why UAB was able to get out of Bartow Arena with a win. I'm also pleased with EG because not only was he efficient, like it's the shots that he took, right? Like, you know, typically like coming off of a screen, we'll be like, okay, nah, probably not a pull-up three, right? Yeah, but he was wide open. You know, they 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 went open under they went under those screens and he just had to be confident and knock them down. I don't I don't have a problem with him shooting wide open shots like that. If they're gonna literally just challenge you to make that, well take it. That's my whole thing. And I'm pretty sure AK is the same way. And now you get the cookie. Now he's going downhill, getting to the rim, trying to dunk on trying to dunk on their head two hands, right? Like 
he was being aggressive. Like, and I like the aggressiveness. It wasn't the, you know, sometimes you can tell when he's forcing something and he just kind of figure skate. That's what AK would say, the, the figure skate. And then it's like a step back, fade away, off one leg, mid-range shot. And it's like, what is that? It wasn't, those weren't the shots he would take. And even when he did go one-on-one, he took the shot that was available. You know, sometimes in football, you got to check it down to the running back. Well, that's what he would do. If it's, the, if it's hey, they're giving me this three-point and I, all I have to do is step into it with confidence, I'm not going to try to force something and spin around and go up and under. Like, like it wasn't none of that. And this is the most controlled I saw him play at UAB. Yeah, and I just want to say, to support that, Darian's 100% right. 21 turnovers, I think, was the mm-hmm. final statistic. EG had three, right? Three turnovers and he had the ball in his hands for the priority of the game and not to mention the way that Memphis was defending him bringing that second defender and trapping him and playing him really hard bumping him coming up the court I mean they were super physical uh, with Eric Gaines and for him to have the ball in his hands to have to make as many decisions as he did in the end the game with only three turnovers I think is absolutely huge Um, and just his intelligence the way that he was able to get some of those uh, you know, passes to yaks, and then they were able to create opportunities because then you're going four on three, right? As AK had stated in some of his post game interviews, and yaks would be able to get in the lane and create those opportunities, whether it was to get to the free throw line or score, you know, an easy bucket at the rim. I mean, a lot of that was facilitated and led by EG this game. And so I know we're talking a lot about it, but it's, it's well deserved. Like it's absolutely mm-hmm. well deserved. And that's why I think that EG, um, this was absolutely, in my opinion, his best game in a Blazer uniform. Because how many times did we challenge, in a sense, like, okay, EG, you know, you know, be, you know, we got, we want to look for this, we want to look for that. Well, we need to be the first one to be. We we up here at Blazer Victory, we, we need to be the first one to acknowledge um, how great he played. Man, this dude, we would, we do not win that game without EG, and it's not even close. He played 36 minutes, and like you said, he had the ball in his hands majority of the time. I was on, I was like, hey, butter, uh, you know, give the ball to EG, like move, like let's let him, let him, let him cook up, and then we'll just go from there. Hey, Vasquez, hey, I know you can do some things, but hey, I trust EG, and it, it was cool to to feel like that, to, just to. Not his athleticism, it was the decision-making. It was the way he was playing. It was real leader type of play. And as you reference, um, they played him hard. So Memphis is a big team. They're big on the wings. They have physical, athletic guys. And they were trying to punk us. They were trying to bully us. Like, it was a lot of turnovers. But we had so much fighting spirit. If Memphis is a team that you have to fight fire with fire. Like, some, 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 some teams you have to meet force with force, right? And Memphis was a team that if you if you meet that force with force, they kind of are like, oh, man, I don't know what to do. They try to go for knockout punches. They're not a technical team. Charlotte is like a jab, jab, jab. You know, that's how they beat you, right? Like, they kind of come and wave. They never go away. And they, But Memphis has, they have one punch, one big punch. I'm going to be bigger than you. We're big on the wing. A lot of the guys that E.G. Ortiz were defending. They were like 6'5", six, 6'7". Six, and these were not little slim guys. These were like muscular guys. They were built like tanks. All of them athletic, right? But once once you start going back at them, you go back at them, and you don't fold, it's kind of like, hey, you're supposed to fall down if he knocked out. 
why are you getting up again? Why? Whoa, you weren't supposed to hit me back. Like, that's not how this goes. And once you hit him back a couple times, I think that got their main guy, David Jones, he's like a, I think it's David, David Jones. He's um six seven six eight wing. He 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 fits the NBA prototype. He can shoot threes, right? I think he scored like twenty four on this, but he had seven turnovers. Seven turn? No, was it nine turnovers? Yeah, I think it was nine. Was it nine? Nine, nine turnovers. Yeah. And a lot of that was just us getting in his grill, and making him uncomfortable, right? Like, and he was a turnover machine out there. And you don't really pick up on it until, like, the sixth turnover. You're like, oh, man, what are you doing? And what does that do to his teammates and his comp? What does that do to his own confidence? Now now you're not trusting the rock. Like, man, these dudes all over me. Right, because you thought just because you – and I don't want to say this is what he was thinking. This is just me thinking this way. <laughs> this is me thinking what he was thinking. You're taller. You're bigger. These guys, like, 6'3", six, 6'4". Six, I can just go downhill on them and just go up. But they meeting you with force. These guys are playing with fight and spirit. Guess what? They're pretty skilled and athletic too, right? Just because you're taller and maybe a little bit more bigger, way more, doesn't mean that you can just punk guys. Number ten, he was getting on my nerves, but I understand that was the that's that was his that's his role. It was this defensive stopper, big wing guy, and they had him on EG. And oh my god, this dude was driving me crazy. Like he was just like all over him, like constantly. He got a couple of uh, backcourt fouls because he was just doing too much, right? And EG was able to draw those fouls because EG didn't bag away from it. You got to meet those guys where they at and meet that force with force. And a lot of times you draw fouls and you make them figure it out. So um, I think we get, I think we did a good job of bullying the bully. You know, they tried to play like bullies, but you go back at a bully, bully and you fight them back. And when we went on that 10-0 run and Bartow was going nuts, I saw I saw the spirit in those guys just kind of, you know, just kind of sink. And I think that was, uh, I think just looking at Penny's uh, after the game quotes, like just some out. <laughs> hey, I didn't bro, see I will those. Continue, I will continue oh, you didn't retweet, see them. I will continue retweeting that tweet or the, the quote that he Me had, too. like, the non-conference is our season. Bro, man, y'all can't take, yeah. Y'all, <laughs> yeah. Yo, look, yo, look. He was saying like they they were just dejected and just looking for answers. I can't I can't remember the exact quotes. He was just like, I know somebody asked him like, what did he see when he when he went into the locker room? It was just like just a bunch of blank faces in there. Like it's like his guys are just lost and they don't know where to go from here. You know, they trying to figure it out. They was talking about Penny was basically saying it's on the players to figure it out. The staff, the staff did did their job. You y'all got to do it. That's kind of like, oh, that's kind of that ain't what you want to hear in the moment from your leader. Like you want to, you can feel that way, but you at least want to say, hey, I got to do a better job and I need to figure it out. Blah blah blah. But he kind of was like, hey, those bums, they can't play. We told them what to do. <laughs> and, and to me, it's just the, I mean. The, his quote was arrogant at the beginning yeah. of the season because how 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 the hell do you look over us and now you're getting bullied by all you're getting bullied by us, sir. All of these because remember we were supposed to weigh the conference down. Y'all mm-hmm. remember that? Mm-hmm. Mm, you get beat by who was that? They got beat by. I know they got beat by Tulane. They was already here. South Florida. 
And then FAU beat them in the tournament last year. So I, I don't understand how you can, like, dog the teams coming in when you just lost to them in the NCAA tournament. Like, it's, it is wild to me. <laughs> wild. And, hey, a real coach can interview with ESPN in the middle of a game. Did y'all yeah, see he, that? Yeah, that hey, was, that was a anything. struggle. That, that was cringe. Yeah, that, yeah, was, that was a struggle. Hey, so why'd yeah. you agree to it? Just, yeah. But when you search it for answers and you don't, you don't really, you know, I – I love the look of dejection when he was um you got Daniel oh, Ortiz he's yeah. like same play same play before Ortiz even catched the ball he was already like he dropped to his yeah he was just <laughs> deflated hey well here's the uh it, we we certainly will not hold back from making fun at Memphis but I will say that luckily for Memphis their next three games are at home versus Rice and then they go against Wichita State at home as well and then Temple on the road so you know good luck in your Super Bowl you know, opportunities, Memphis, as you look to get back on a good winning streak to help your help your resume out. Their Super yes. Bowl against Rice. That's Rice right. Their Super Bowl, so who knows, man? It just goes to show you, like, this college basketball, there's no right. way that you can overlook, like, the arrogance you have to say that in the beginning of the year is crazy to me. Like, that's crazy to me, and I, I'm pretty sure he regrets it, you know? Um, of course, we're going to keep going at him because it's Memphis. Like, who cares? Whatever. Yeah. I mean, I can understand, you know, if you've been in the NCAA tournament and have multiple wins in your six years coaching, but you don't have that. So why would you be so arrogant, like, talking about – I mean, and you hyped up this kid that came over from Tuscaloosa. What was it? Quinterly. And he goes four from 15 from the field. I mean – I, you know, like got locked up, mm, had him, mm, had him in jail. Mm, Tony, Tony, and Eric Gaines had that boy in jail out there. So, uh, you know, a defensive intensity. So I don't know, but Jimmy, I know, I know you wanted to talk about the bench a little bit, um, and then we'll wrap up. Yeah, you just mentioned one of the names, Tony. Tony, I thought that he helped really extend the lead there in the second half. He had a couple tough finishes in transition as well as. Um, you know, t- doing Tony Tony things, diving on the floor, you know, creating possession opportunities for UAB. Um, early in that second half, he he finished a layup in transition. He had the, a layup off of a feed from EG, and then he stole the ball, dished a pass to Yaks. You know, Yaks was able to convert. That's when UAB was able to extend the lead to 10. Um, and then Memphis called a timeout right there. So I thought Tony displayed a lot of energy and has really bounced back here in the last game or so. I think it was last game prior to Memphis in which he had hit 3-3. So Tony Tony's really playing at a good level right now and helping UAB off the bench. And Darian's been on this for a while, uh, the way that Christian Coleman has evolved and the way that he's developed in this UAB um, offense. And he looked confident. He pulled down seven boards. And I will say that, you know, there were a few that he probably wished he had sticky fingers or something to, to grab on the ball because he had a few loose balls. And it was like, where'd the ball go? Uh, but ultimately, he was uh, really good. And I, I was actually behind the basket on the dunk that he had. He looked like he took off on that dunk from, like, the three-point line. Like, I thought he, like, took off, like, too far. And I was like, no, he's going to be short. But, I mean, that just showed, like, just how incredibly athletic he was. And that was such a weird play, by the way. Like, off the baseline, like, Memphis didn't cover him at all. And it was just like, here you go. And then this six-foot, nine guys just going down the court. And that was just, like, a really cool moment. Uh, I know that had to be special for him. And you guys have already touched base uh, on Ortiz. 
UAB really needed those threes to go down. He was in the game for like, what, 30 seconds before he had that corner three opportunity. Um, and then he hit another three a few possessions later. So he started off two for two uh, from deep. He missed one. Then he came out in the second half in his first two threes. So he was four for five from three at one point. And Daniel Ortiz must love playing the Memphis Tigers because that's back-to-back seasons in which he's hit four threes against Memphis. And he did it in FedEx last year when he was playing at North Alabama. So that dude's confident against Memphis. And we certainly are going to need that confidence because as much smoke as we want to talk right now, UAB is going to have to go to FedEx you know, later this conference season. And hopefully uh, Ortiz is able to catch a flame you know, in FedEx and hit some threes as well. Definitely well said, Jimmy. Darren, yeah, the you want thing to- the thing I like about Ortiz was like, you know, I love Ortiz and what he's done defensively. Like, and I know we didn't talk about the Charlotte game because, you know, we lost when we went up there. But even they like going back to the Charlotte game and before that, he's been showing some showing something defensively. He didn't that was not a part of his game, right? But he's become this pesky, like get after it guy. Like how many loose balls was it where he almost got them to where he was like on guys running up on them? The way that he defended, I think that was David Jones, who was like six seven on the wing and made him force it out of bounds. Like the guy has been real sticky lately on defense, and that's just something I did not see coming. Right. Secondly, his confidence. Like you can see, I remember when I played basketball, and sometimes they swing to me the ball to me on the three point line. I was wide open. I did not want to take that shot. Right. It's like oh, shoot, like <laughs> I have to shoot it because I'm open type of deal. He's like sprinting, sprinting to the corner, like hand up here. I'm here. Like, I want the shot. You can feel it coming from him. Like, please give me this shot. I want to take it. And as a teammate, when you have a guy like that, that when it's tight, it's tight situation or whatever. When you have a guy like, nah, nah, I want to shoot the ball. You pass it to him. Like, if I'm like a JD or something, I'm like, here you go. (laughs) Screen. Take the shot because I got confidence in you too. Because look how much confidence you have, right? Like, and I know I it's just something that does, mentally having a guy like that with some with some cojones on them, right? Having a guy like that coming off the bench is, is just, it does a lot for you. Um, speaking of confidence, Christian Coleman, like that's been my guy. Y'all know that it takes threes. I love the blocks. He does need to get. We have talked about him being stronger with the ball. He did lose a couple in the airs, like Christian. Grab it. Hold on to it. Go strong. But that's cool. I take it. I love his defense. I love his energy. You know his moment of confidence for me. Did y'all see when he took the ball and he started to go down court with it, then he did this crossover back and he kind of looked at the dude. I was like, I've never seen this. from Who is this man? Y'all remember that moment? He was like so confident. You can tell because he kind of looked at the dude and he had to like, where you going? Then he finally passed the ball. Like, let me stop. Like, before I start showing out. And um, I'm like, man, this team... At home, at least at home, we display this confidence because Yaks to me is the ultimate barometer. Again, now we're kind of just looking over 23, 24 point games, 16, whatever. We're kind of just like, ah, let's talk about every, everybody else. And Yaks just did Yaks name. I'm like, these are crazy stats. Like, <laughs> like, what are we talking about? You know? So, but Yaks is the guy that he just embodies spirit. He embodies so like you see him, he's like bouncing around. It's just he's just a jubilant. It just seemed like a fun, fun dude, right? He he seems like a dude like when he gets older, he's just gonna be like a good dad, right? <laughs> like he's just so fun and like it's just his spirit is just so pure, right? And um, 
what I want the team now to take the next step is the next step is to embody that spirit on the road. No matter where you're, no matter where you play, you that that spirit is you. It's not where you're at. It's you, right? So I want EG to remember that fire he had. Remember because that whoever that EG was, that's that's the EG we need every single game. That fire, that Tony Tony, all of those guys, that passion that they played with carry that with you on the road because if you want to if we want to talk about making it to the tournament winning the AAC whatever that's what that's what it's going to take and I don't care how many people is at Bartow Arena I, I when I played at, um back in 2010 2011 you know at UAB there's a couple times we played in front of empty arenas at home empty right but the thing that struck me is like a lot of the same parents and you get close with your teammates' parents and stuff, and I just remember seeing them. In one game, it was rain. I cannot remember. It was rain. It was just a miserable, miserable day, and we were already like four or five games under uh four or five games under five hundred. But just seeing those same people right there, I'm like, I'm going to play for them. I'm going to continue. I don't care about the crowd or where we at. Those people matter. Brothers matter, and I matter because I'm the best out here, right? So. I want to see the team take that and moving forward and take that on the road and um, start something from there. Hey, no, John, we're probably getting close to closing out. I just had a quick shout out that I wanted to uh, say. So shout out to one of our loyal listeners, Scott. It was really awesome meeting you uh, and talking with you for a few moments following the Memphis game. We appreciate you, man. And uh, I look forward to talking with you a little bit more uh, following the next couple of games. So funny enough, Scott had commented on one of our recent YouTube clips and it said, Hey, I didn't know I was sitting next to, you know, this this guy on this podcast for all these years. And like this pod had kind of given us a quick moment to uh, connect following the game. That's what this is all about, right? Is, is making, you know, those connections with the Blazer faithful for trying to, you know, to exude, you know, the Blazer voice, you know, uh, throughout our listeners. And so we just appreciate Scott and all of our other listeners for interacting with us. And uh, Darian says this, John says this before, like if you're one of our listeners, like come up and say hello, you know. And, uh, yeah, I just want to make sure I gave that quick shout out. Because that's why Celebrate. we do it. Yeah. I mean, you know, Thomas, Richard, you know, Scott, like you just mentioned, come, if y'all see us at a game or even out in Publix, Walmart, wherever, um, our Cahaba Brewing Company, our Taco Bell, anywhere you see us, <laughs> hey, come up and say, hey, man, you know, go Blazers, appreciate you. Because we appreciate you all for listening to us. We wouldn't have got to where we are without y'all listening and caring about what we say how we analyze games and you know whatever we do so shout out to you all the listeners thank you all so much and darren were you gonna say anything else i was about to say speaking of i remember um i know i saw steven um i I forgot his last name i want to say adams but that's the basketball player um i can't i can't think of his name but i saw him after the game and he I talked with him after that, but I saw on the way home, I, uh, you know, I was walking across the street and he was like, hey, man, Darren, you doing all right, man? It was good to see you out there. And I said, I said, oh, yeah, what's going on? I ain't noticed who it was. He said, Blazer Q. I said, oh, you're oh, Blazer Q. Q. Oh, okay. <laughs> I said, you're Blazer. I said, man, it's good to meet you. We dapped up and everything. So it was cool meeting him, you know, and I thought that was a, I thought that was a cool moment. So, uh, yeah, man, just seeing some of the guys that listen to the pod and now getting a you know, see, actually see who they are in person and being familiar with them. That's, that's a cool moment. So 
keep on doing it. You know, uh, maybe sometime down the line we'll have a Blazer Pod section of the basketball game or something, uh, right? So cool. where where we won't have to tell each other to sit down or anything like that. <laughs> yes, yes, yes. Well, hey, next for basketball, Wednesday night at 8 o'clock, uh, they travel down to the Super Pit to take on North Texas. It's going to be another big game, um, but you can catch that on ESPNU if you are not going to Denton. But uh, thank you again for listening to us and watching us on our YouTube. Uh, again, if you are watching on YouTube, like, subscribe, comment, share us with others. Um, if you see us at a game, tell us who you are. Hey. We appreciate every single one of you uh, for watching and listening. And uh, I, I know I speak for some of the listeners, too, that thank goodness Jimmy is back on this episode as he had to dip <laughs> halfway through that last episode. We were scared. I had a, but, had a home emergency that happened during our recording last time. So some yes. of you might have seen me like like take my headphones <laughs> off and be like, what is going on? That needs so, to be a meme. Somebody create a meme like when, when Jimmy's getting the headphones off. It's like, uh-oh. Hey, hey, I mean, I thought we, I mean, thank God it, my mic was on mute and I turned the camera off because y'all might have seen me cry about what the situation was. Everything's cool now. Uh, but hey, shout out to any listeners that thought I just had to go to the bathroom because I'm sure that was part of it too. Like Jimmy dipped out and he's gone. There's a little too less water for the bathroom. I don't right. think that would have got, got us some listeners for sure as if, you know, one of those. You know, podcaster has to take a live <laughs> dump, you know, during the pod. <laughs> I'm so glad that has not happened to any of us yet, but I'm sure. Only only our children having accidents, right, in that, John? Oh, my gosh, just... yeah. My son has pooped on the floor a couple of times during <laughs> episodes. Thank goodness that's upstairs and I record downstairs, so. There shout out go. to Elizabeth. Hey, shout out to my <laughs> wife. All right, guys. Hey, drink a hop of beer uh, and uh, – share us on youtube but we'll be back next week to recap some hopefully wins but as always uh, just blaze and go blazers